0: Hi everyone, this is Rohan Sadanti, and welcome to the Wharton Digital Health Podcast. It's a podcast where MBAs can connect with the alumni community about the latest trends, company initiatives, and jobs available in the payer-provider digital health and investing spaces. I'm joined today by a co-host and one of the students taking over the podcast next school year, Laura Rosenbloom. Laura, really excited to have you on board. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about
1: yourself? Yeah, thanks, Rohan. Hi, everyone. It's great to meet the community. I'm a first year MBA student at Wharton. Uh, Before coming to school, I spent four years working in operations, both at Flatiron Health and Oscar Insurance, seeing both companies through peer growth. Right now, as a student, I'm also a venture partner with Contrary Capital, where I make seed stage investments in student-founded companies.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming on board.
1: Excellent. Let's jump into today's podcast. Today, we are lucky to have Dhruv Vashishta from Patient Ping. Dhruv is a 2018 Wharton grad from the healthcare program. He started his career in consulting, and before Wharton, he took on a variety of product management roles at growth stage startups. PatientPing is a developer of a real-time medical notification platform designed to connect healthcare providers across the country and seamlessly coordinate patient care. Hey, Drew, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, guys.
1: Thanks for coming. Patient Thank Ping you. has a lot of touch points with Wharton. CEO and alum Jay Desai came and spoke to my healthcare entrepreneurship class just a few weeks ago. And John Glasser, who's a professor here at Wharton, is also a board member. We're really excited to have Drew here to speak more about the company for a broader audience. So let's dive right in. So to kick things off, Dhruv, um, we'd love if you could give us a brief summary of your career path both before and after Wharton.
2: Definitely. I started off my career in management consulting. I did that for two years and realized that I actually loved working on products and taking things from idea to reality. And actually uh, discovered that through uh, working on a startup idea with a few friends from college uh, called the Rap Insider, which was the Internet's first rap satire website. It was kind of like the onion for rap and hip hop. We'd write articles like Shaggy admits it was him the whole time. But I had a blast um, doing something like that and realized that I really like building things. And so from that experience, went into the things that I really cared about and knew how to do, which was healthcare and technology and building. So from consulting, spent a year working on my own mental health startup, digitizing cognitive behavioral therapy resources from pen and paper into guided mobile experiences. And then, from that experience, joined the product management team for Metadata, which is the market leader in technology for clinical research, and spent two years building products in web, mobile, and big data that would help patients provide data in clinical research as well as improve the clinical trial process and data collection process for clinical trials. From there, really wanted to um, just dive super deep into healthcare since I just worked on a few sides of it in life sciences and mental health and there was this other 80% of payer, provider, healthcare IT, um, PBM operations that I hadn't been exposed to. And so went to the Wharton HCM program for two years to get my MBA and just get immersed in all parts of healthcare and all facets of healthcare. Once I was done with Wharton, uh, moved to Boston and really um, had only interacted with one company that so many people that I trusted and respected were excited about, which was PatientPing. I uh, had a similar experience where Jay Desai, the CEO and found, co-founder of PatientPing, actually spoke at my orientation for Wharton, and so i always been tracking the company. They'd just been seem, they just seemed to be doing extremely well, and building um, pure software products in uh, pure software products for healthcare that were really compelling and were really answering real needs and having an impact for healthcare clinicians, case managers, care coordinators, social workers, as well as patients. And so it was a mission that was really hard to, um, hard to ignore and something that was really attractive that felt impactful. So I joined their product team as a senior product manager working on their second product for the last year or so now.
1: Awesome. And I agree. Um, it was really awesome in my class to hear Jay speak about the market that the team is tackling. Um, we'd love to share some of that knowledge with our audience by having you um, set the stage and go a little bit deeper on why patient ping needs to exist. So if you could just paint a picture for us and describe some of the mega trends and issues that a company like PatientPing is trying to solve um, and what what is the purpose for you guys?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, pro- probably most of the people that are listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, are familiar that are familiar with the fact that healthcare is shifting from fee-for-service models where people are paid for the services that they provide, to a value-based model where out- patient outcomes, the quality of care, and and the you know ultimate journey and and impact uh, and <clears throat> and health of a patient is far more important and actually drives the way that people get paid for the services that they deliver. And patient paying is um, is very much a part of that transition into value-based care where various people, um, you know, various types of stakeholders in healthcare, whether that's an accountable care organization, which we'll get into a little bit more, or a payer, a managed care entity, a uh, health system, a post-acute, a, a skilled nursing facility, or a home health agency, all of these folks now all of a sudden have a larger longitudinal relationship with their patients. And that, that can be a little bit challenging because you have a bunch of organizations that were really focused previously on a patient within their four walls um, being asked to now think about that patient outside of their four walls in the community uh, at a longitudinal level. And the reason why Patient Ping needed to exist was to help a lot of those entities understand where their patients were and what was happening to their patients outside of their own four walls. I think another part of this is, um, similarly, one of the things that most people uh, believe and, and focus on in healthcare is that a lot of healthcare costs are disproportionately driven by some of the sickest and highest need patients. And these patients receive care from multiple providers in multiple facilities. And it's really their care at the, the margins and those, the transitions moving from those different facilities and different providers where those extremely sick people fall through the cracks. And the thrust for why patient ping was able to really um, create value and, and kind of achieve product market fit a, a bit out of the gates was by helping a lot of those providers and a lot of those stakeholders support those sickest patients that were receiving care in so many different places through so many, by so many different physicians by connecting them and allowing them to coordinate and interact with each other to really provide higher quality care in a really efficient way,
0: one thing we want to make sure we we touch on before we dive into more about patient ping and your role specifically staying at the, at the high level can you just give us a bit of a sense of um, how patient ping works so uh, you know what an admin discharge transfer feed is because because if our listeners can get that it'll Further help them understand your value and how you've grown so quickly, why you're so necessary.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So patient PatientPing, uh, at a fundamental level, receives data from different facilities across the country. And uh, the, the way that we receive that data and, and kind of one of the things that is at the core of that data is something called ADT feeds. And, and of course, we receive a bunch of other data aside from ADT feeds. But I'm, I'm using this uh, simplistically. We receive these ADT feeds that, that essentially include um, who has shown up at a facility, uh, have they been admitted, where they are in that facility, and then you know, um, when, they, when they were discharged at that facility, along with some other information of why they're there, who's treating them, where they're located, and so on. And that's, kind of, that's one side of the data that we receive. The other side of the data that we receive is um, rosters or, or patients that are attributed to a different, different type of stakeholders. So, so these might be the patients that are seen by oncologists or these might be the patients that are seen by accountable care organizations or some type of payer. And what we would do is match um, through intelligent algorithms, the people that are on that roster, like uh, John Smith in Massachusetts, to the people that show up in the data sent to us by facilities around who they 're treating and, and why and so the you know innovation and the the core innovation of patient ping was to really strongly let somebody know that was taking care of John Smith in Massachusetts when that John Smith showed up for a heart attack in Florida, because he spends half of the year in Florida. And to let that group in Massachusetts know whether that's their primary care physician or somebody else, that they should probably be reaching out to that hospital in Florida to let them know some additional information about John Smith. And then also following up to schedule and coordinate care, like setting up follow-up visits or making sure that John Smith had services at his home when he got back to Massachusetts, uh, to have that set up so that John Smith wouldn't end up back at a hospital or wouldn't end up somewhere else because um, he like, he slipped through the cracks because his primary care physician didn't even know that he showed up at a hospital for a stroke, and so it was that matching of the um, that intelligent matching of John Smith as being part of one provider showing up at some other facility and and that's something that we do for million that we've been doing for millions of patients every single day over the last 5 years that was a novel innovation that really allowed a lot of these different facilities to know where their patients were in real time so that they could act upon them and support those patients in getting really efficient effective care both while they were in the hospital and also when they were discharged out of the hospital, or skilled nursing facility, and so on.
1: makes a ton of sense and, and also explains why patient Ping has grown really quickly uh, over the past few years and why you're well positioned for continued growth uh, in the future. Why might investors want to double down on patient Ping?
2: Yeah, so this is very much indicative based on who our investors are. So our investors include Andreessen Horowitz, uh, Google Ventures, First round capital and as well as learning Transformation Partners, F Prime Capital. But you know, selecting some of those initial investors like Andreessen or First Round, they are all investors in network businesses. And patient ping is very much a networks business where the value driven by every single facility that enters our community and shares data with us, whether they share data about Who they're seeing, or the patients they care for, and even new data types that uh, that we receive or or work with, the value of that data is always exponentially increasing with the increase of our network. And so, even in the example that I gave you, you know, um, those those types of interactions and value of in our network, even when it's not regional, Health, healthcare tends to be very regional. But when, even when things are not regional and when people receive care outside of their region, there's a lot of value that uh, we can untap and unlock. And given that Patient Ping is such a networks business, you really see through our investors. And, and that's something that our investors continue to believe in, double down on, which is why I know they're excited about the business, but also our, our customers and the people that work at Patient Ping are really excited about building a networks business in healthcare.
1: Um, that's a great transition, actually. I uh, would love to talk more about your role at Patient Ping and what, it, what working there is actually like. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about what you're specifically working on?
2: Yeah. Patient Ping has its core product, Pings, which provide uh, intelligent notifications and patient context to people that are managing patients longitudinally across the community. And Patient Ping has, also has a product called Stories, and Stories delivers extremely relevant, intelligent context to people, whether they are clinical or case management at the point of care. And so Stories is kind of the other side of the the, Ping's, and the patient Ping product suite, where we are delivering Really important, intelligent information to people that have a patient in front of them and need to make some uh, care decisions or care coordination decisions for that patient. And so, I'm the product. I'm the product manager for that Stories product. And so, a lot of my work is working um, cross-functionally with our customers as well as our sales, marketing, client services, engineering, and design team to understand what the needs of those users and customers are at the point of care in order to deliver the greatest value to them by creating and enhancing our product at the point of care.
1: Great. Um, what else about working at Patient pink makes it such a special or unique place to work? And um-
2: I think that what's really amazingly unique about PatientPing is that the way that I describe it is everybody here punches above their weight. I think that every single person here has an amazing blend of having either worked at other healthcare technology companies or having actually worked at, um, at, at our customers and, and kind of been our customer before. And so, you know, the thing that feels really special about patient paying is that a lot of the people that are here are building the products that they wish that they had in previous jobs or building the products that they wish that um, they were able to be supported by when they were patients or when they were caregivers. And that passion and that focus really allows us to build Build products that are going to be used, that are innovative, but are also impactful, and so that that just feels extremely um, that just feels extremely exciting. And so, you know, when I when I think about healthcare, I feel like a lot of healthcare is uh, and a lot of care coordination is getting two people in a room and and allowing them to have a conversation that they would not have otherwise been able to have, and being able to facilitate that seamlessly. That's also what Patient Ping feels a lot like, um, just being able to have really cool and exciting conversations that uh, people wouldn't have been able to have because you wouldn't have been able to put these types of people together. And through that, you're able to come up with some really novel things that, um, that may not have been brought to market before.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you're growing quickly, so and not just you, but a lot of other people are, are bought into that, which is fantastic. Um, But one other thing, I want to dive a little deeper here because it's hard to get a sense of what a day in the life is, especially at these growth stage, uh, venture back startups. It's hard to get a real sense of it. Um, Can you let us peek behind the curtain a little bit and give us a sense of what your week is like or some quips about um, company culture so we can understand it better?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let me go through my calendar and I'm just going to pick a day from last week and and just walk you guys through what I did that day. So one of the things that I really love about PatientPing is that we get to be really close to our customers because of how engaged our users are. And that allows us to interact with them very, that allows us to interact with them often so that we can really understand what their needs are and, and how they're using technology to impact the work that they're doing. So last Tuesday, uh, you know, I get into the office and the first meeting that I had was a discussion with one of our customers about surfacing care plans that they have to providers at the point of care. It's, um, it's one of the things that I've been working on for the last couple of months with various customers, but as an example of Surfacing new and richer data, new rich data, to our community in order to impact patient care. So, in this case, was speaking to a customer in North Carolina that manages patients with sickle cell, and that's a really difficult disease to manage. There, there isn't real, real, there isn't any cure for sickle cell, and those patients have a lot of pain, so they're on really, really high doses of pain pain medication and opioids. And so when some of those patients present to the ED, it can be really challenging to figure out why they're on such high doses of opioid medication, how to manage their pain, and what to do with those patients. So my first meeting was with that customer, just understanding how we could take some of the longitudinal information they have on how that patient's pain is managed, and surfacing to, that to the team in the ED at the point of care, so that we can improve the collaboration between those two people, between those two stakeholders, in order to make it more seamless for those patients when they're at the ED. The next meeting that I had was with my engineering team. We had our you know, daily standup where we were just discussing the work that everybody was doing um, for our, you know, like engineer engineering agile software software development sprint. After that, I had a meeting with our um, with our Chief medical officer, our, our medical lead, discussing social determinants of health. Um, I think that this was just one of the really cool things about working here, where we were just t- chatting about social determinants of health and things we got really niche, and we were talking about Z codes and some of the new things that, um, some of the new trends that are occurring in the market around focusing on highlighting social determinants of health needs to various people about the patients that they're treating. After that, uh was doing a little bit of work just following up with various users, various customers on on some of the functionality that we're considering. Uh spoke with the lead designer on my team about some of the user research that we were planning on doing and some of the functionality that we were thinking about prioritizing. After that, we had a, an interview with an ED doctor to just constantly, you know, be staying close to folks that are are end users and and constantly thinking about their experiences and how we can impact their experiences. I then had a meeting with um, a customer about an an integration into their EMR that we're doing and kind of thinking about how we can surface some of the information in my product at at their point of care in their existing workflows, which are always important, really cool that we're able to do some of that stuff and learn about that at Patient Ping. And then I ended up my day with a catch up with a, a new employee that just came over from Remedy Health. And so we were just chatting about some of the things that learnings that he had at Remedy working on uh bundled payment initiatives and just discussing, you know, how we would think about that um and, and radiating some of that knowledge at patient pain. And so I think like in terms of culture, it's um it really is staying close to your customer, staying close to your user, and understanding constantly what their pain points and what their needs are and, and how our technology can fix it or not fix it in many cases. And then having really awesome collaborative conversations with people here at Patient Thing because they just bring a diversity of perspective, and everybody really values that diversity of thinking. And so we're constantly talking to each other and working with each other to just understand, you know, what, what are the things that we want to do next? Because as a growth stage company, there's an abundance of opportunity and there's an abundance of things that we could do. So we want to be really, really thoughtful about what, are, what those choices are going to be and making sure that the things we do are really the things that um, are going to be the most important for our company and for our customers.
1: I love that, and I think it sounds like there's just a clear culture of support and uh, team, which I think would be really important to MBAs who are looking for roles at digital health companies. Um, switching gears a little bit to thinking about some of your hiring needs, what what are the roles that you would be hiring MBAs for, and what specific skill sets should people be keeping in mind?
2: Yeah, the um, the fun bit of fear of believing and, and having conviction in the products that you have is, uh, right now we're, we're really scaling and we're scaling quickly across the, um, across the nation, across the states that we're in. And so a lot of the hiring that we're doing right now is in partnerships, strategic business development and in growth. And so I know that, um, those are like, those are definitely the areas where, uh, like, as it relates to, um, as it relates to business development, growth, selling, strategic marketing, uh, product marketing, and so on. Those are the things that I think MBAs would have um, re- really, really uh, compelling backgrounds to help us scale across the nation and, and just untap more sources of delivering value to our customers.
0: Got it. Andrew, you're, you're, you're best positioned to give us an opinion on MBAs becoming product managers. So a bit of an open-ended question, but, you know, product manager is kind of the new investment banker, and (laughs) you were on that before it was fashionable. Uh, You had it already in your career in your toolkit, but you see people trying to pivot into it. What's your opinion when you see someone who, you know, has a bit of a consulting background, strategy, you know, top flight firms, gets their MBA, but now wants to be a product manager? You know, are they born or are they made? know, how do you think about that uh, coming out of the NBA?
2: Yeah. So there's a joke that uh, the prior experience needed for being a product manager is being a product manager. And it's... um, it's a joke because I think that the product management, you know, is, is definitely a new role uh, historically. You know, like, like lawyers and doctors have been around for ages. Investment bankers have been around for for decades. Um, but software product managers, uh, software product manager is really something new. And so the, um, the role is kind of evolving and, and really being figured out. And so people come to product management from from various points and and various places. It's it's kind of only recently that, you know, being an associate product manager is something that you can do as a job straight out of college. And so when I when I talk to MBAs about pivoting into product, the thing that I emphasize, especially for MBAs, is that a lot of MBAs have experiences and and prior experiences in a services role. And so you know, consulting is very advisory, it's very services, it's, you know, know, jumping from engagement to engagement, or similarly to investment banking and and a lot of the traditional finance um, experiences that MBAs have. And product is very much um, a a product role where you're really focused on a problem for the long term, for a year, two years, three years, and you're really focused on building something that has to last. And so it it really did, um, it really was a little bit mind blowing when I was at Metadata and some of my other product roles realizing that a decision that I made in month one or month two of building a product came back to impact me in year two, year three of that product's life cycle. And so there is a little bit of that shift in thinking for an MBA. And so the, the advice that I'd give is that, you know, as a As an MBA interested in becoming a product manager, definitely focus on building something, building anything and so that and that really is thinking about um, sustaining something over the long term and so that could be something as simple as building and maintaining a blog, but really thinking about working on something that is an idea in your head and turning it into reality and then sustaining it and so if you can constantly think of different ways to Build, tinker, you know, have a newsletter, work on a personal website, work on a side project, whatever it is, build it. And you're going to learn so much from building that thing and it's going to force you to be put into that product mindset that a lot of the other stuff will come along. Um, and, and a lot of the other things will come along and it'll make you attractive to get your first product role because people are constantly looking for builders. Um, and, and people are, and I'm sorry, hiring managers and product leaders are constantly looking for builders when they're looking for new product managers.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. And I think uh, is particularly relevant as some of the second years are just a few weeks away from graduation. Um, one question that I can imagine would be on their minds is, um do you know when you'll be hiring um and this can be for any role um and who is the best person to contact? what would the process look like for that?
2: They can feel free to reach out to me or ta- and and I'm sure uh, i am like happy to give out my um my my email or uh, talent at patient paying but um you know i've been i was so supported by people in my search, you know really giving me an inside look of how um of what, uh, what life was like at various companies that I'm more than happy to help out anybody that um, is interested in patient roles at Patient Ping and, and making sure that they get to talk to the right person to get a sense of fit at, um, uh, for what they're looking to do and what Patient Ping is looking for.
0: That's awesome, Drew. Thanks for that. I'm sure they'll be reaching out. Um, I want to transition us to the last section, which is a chance for you to give any last thoughts or any advice. Um, and as you're kind of thinking of that, I just want to give a plug for you, Drew, to the audience, for those uh, that maybe don't know you, uh, Drew really does an excellent job of staying connected uh, to the Warden community. Um, He has roots in Philly. He's a student body. Um, He lives in Boston, but is active in the New York digital health scene. Um, He really goes out of his way to mentor students as well. And uh, Drew, when I told folks here that we were doing the podcast with you, they were so excited. So we just want to say we really appreciate how you've done that. You also always have a side hustle going on um, and, you know, your community supports you on that. So uh, really just want to say appreciate uh, how you've stayed connected to the Wharton community and this podcast is evidence of that. Um, so I hope that's a good transition and a platform for folks to understand that Darubh is really well positioned to be giving out advice uh, to Wharton NBA specifically, but NBA in general. So, room the floor is yours. Um, any last thoughts as you kind of think about your transitions and the choices you've made, and what words you might want to give to uh, MBA's looking for roles or current students?
2: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You, you guys probably can't see it uh, on the other line, but I am blushing a bit, which is, <laughs> which is hard with my complexion. But I appreciate the kind words, that's very sweet of you guys, and and I I only try to help others because people have been extremely supportive and and helpful to to me, especially uh, especially amongst the Wharton community. In terms of, uh, honestly, in terms of advice to MBAs, I think that, um, especially MBAs that are getting involved with digital health, um, I cannot emphasize... How much uh, how much complexity there is in healthcare and really getting close to understanding that complexity. Um, healthcare is probably five different industries all smushed into one that has a bunch of regulations affecting it. And genuinely, I, I think that those, those regulations can really radically change the the outcome of healthcare. and and, and a lot of healthcare occurs because. Of these things that are not well understood, and that that might be, you know, so things as specific as the new primary care incentives that Medicare just announced, um, you know, or or Macro or high tech or the Account- Affordable Care Act, like like these things, both large and small, fund- fundamentally change the fabric of incentives in healthcare, which fundamentally change a lot of the stuff that happens in healthcare, and so. Having been here at patient, patient ping and getting really kind of close um, and closer to our users who provide that care day in and day out, which is governed by all of this regulation, and um, all of this regulation, I, I can't stress how important it is to get close to those people, those experiences, and, and how a lot of those things are influenced by the regulations that are put out. And understanding that, um, was under, genuinely understanding that was how Jay was so um, successful in hitting product market fit right out of the gate. And I definitely want to stress that to anybody else that's interested in interested in this, um, you know, be, being close to that is going to be really valuable for your career long term. Understanding that is going to be really valuable when you think about how to change or improve healthcare and how to make an impact for the people that deliver care and the patients that receive care on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah it's nice to hear you um telling us to go deep rather than try to be uh, jack of all trades which in today's world is what most of us try to do so uh thanks for, thanks for kind of twisting us in that direction through again thank you so much um it's been a pleasure to, to co-host uh, yourself with laura um patient ping has raised a good amount of money they're an amazing team and they're growing fast we can't wait to see what you do Thanks so much for joining the podcast.
2: Thanks so much guys.